You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB, on the LOB, Locked on Browns, coming to you live from the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate everybody for making Locked on Browns your first listen day in, day out. Whatever podcast platform you use, Locked on Browns, available every day and always free pregame style. Yes, the Cleveland Browns actually have a football game to play Sunday at 1 o'clock. Uh, with everything going on this week, um, certainly been an insane week, but there's a game to be played Sunday, and it's pretty important. This episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. McDonald's, da 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 da. I'm loving it. Cincinnati Bengals. Cleveland Browns in Cincinnati, 1 o'clock on Sunday. The circus that has been this week for your Browns now cultivates into a very, very serious matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals Sunday. Browns absolutely need this one. Um, Could end up in last place in the division with being two games out of even third. So certainly a lot of stake this early in the season. Um, The really, I I don't think Pete is really going to be any way to look at this game at least from the offensive side of the ball for the Cleveland Browns, as, okay, he's not here. We've always seen Baker play a lot, lot better when he's not here. So here we go. Yeah, look, I don't know that, it, you know, I don't wouldn't expect miracles to happen given the state of the team in terms of injuries. But, yeah, uh, there's a certain freedom that comes with this, and it's not so much – that it changes how the Browns intend to attack, but it's just there's no more worry about if you do one thing, uh, there's no opportunity cost of like, well, what would have happened had Odell gotten the ball? At this point, you know, you just gain yards, move the ball, and hopefully score points. And if you do that, it's successful, which was a weird dynamic that wasn't necessarily the case uh with Beckham in the lineup um this also allows you know the some of these younger guys who are still trying to prove themselves and are bought in and all this to try to uh get out there and get more opportunities hopefully Donovan Peoples-Jones will be good to go uh he missed two games after having 171 yards in a two-game span so hopefully he can sort of get right back on track uh hopefully Harrison Bryant gets more involved. And then obviously the, the guy that is clearly your best, most talented option now is David Njoku. And how do they intend to try to get him involved earlier in the game? Uh, the good news is that Baker Mayfield has been historically quite good against the Bengals. He's five and one. He obviously played really well last year uh, in the second game, particularly, but they won both. Um you know, I don't know how much is going to be different other than personnel for what the, the Bengals are trying to do. So there's a lot that sort of works to what the Browns want to do anyway. So I think the Bengals 
are certainly a team that can put up big performances as, as they have in some games, but they've also been beaten by uh, teams that don't really make a lot of sense, at least on paper, losing to the Bears and the Jets. So uh, if the Browns go out there and, and do well and win, uh, it's going to sort of not only put them back on track in terms of the wins, wins column, but also sort of allow them to move on uh, seamlessly. I think that I don't think the team has an issue moving on, but I think the perception of the team needs to uh, will will continue to be sort of this mess uh, of an Odell Beckham situation if they if they lose. I think a win and they can just sort of be like you know, sort of a reset back to quote unquote normal. Yeah. And for me, and look, you know, you know, what we've thought of Odell and always had, obviously, you know, it's been, you know, tremendous respect for the player that he is, but you can't escape from what this team did last year from week seven on without him. And it's not a knock on him. They just played extremely, extremely well. And everybody seemed to find, you know, their moments and certainly, <clears throat> That second Bengals game last year, where there was no Joku, Harrison Bryant with a couple of touchdown catches, obviously Donovan Peoples-Jones with the back-to-back catches, huge plays, Rashard Higgins. Looking at this Bengal defense, Pete, and going into this game against the Jets, it's where they were starting to get talked about. And it wasn't that, you know, and it's, you know, certainly different from the Browns defense where you certainly have that star player in Miles Garrett who can disrupt a lot of things. This Bengals defense, it was one of this, if you broke it down piece by piece, it wasn't that, you know, impressive. But they were playing really, really well. And, you know, Mike White's kind of got like a little bit of Baker Mayfield to him, Thursday night football notwithstanding. But so this is going to be interesting, you know, because, you know, Baker A has the history here. You know, were the bang was the Bengals defense maybe exposed a little bit last week, you know, against what was just, you know, basically a ragtag put together bunch of Jets players. So, you know, the Bengals defense could be a looking really, really hard to respond here, or maybe now it was just a couple of, you know, nice start to the season, a couple of weeks put together. We'll see, you know, whether or not this Bengals defense, there was really any realness to it, or did it just have basically a nice little flow going? Well, the Bengals defense has a, a, a pretty good defensive front. Um, they're very big on the edges, very stout. They've got a really good nose in DJ Reader. Um, they've got former Brown, Larry Ogunjobi, who's been sort of up and down, but his numbers look good. Uh, and then you've got a phenomenal free safety in Jesse Bates. And there's some other players in there that are fine, but nobody that really jumps out of you. The, the, the Bengals don't have any great linebackers, and that becomes another option where the Browns can sort of take that apart. And, and Mike White was – literally dinking and dunking uh, to underneath guys, and they were just running past the defense. Uh, the Browns certainly have more range um, than than the Jets do, and Baker Mayfield certainly got a stronger arm. But if the Bengals are going to play the same way, the Browns may as well take it and sort of allow themselves to take underneath passes and sort of use that to sort of open them up to go down the field which is what they did the last time these two teams got together. So that probably helps more than anything else. I think the Browns have some confidence and there's some young guys who had great games that are certainly going to remember that and feel good about going to Cincinnati. So hopefully that 
continues to help them. But, you know, the Bengals have the capacity sort of, I won't say take away the running game, but I would say challenge the running game. And then how are the Browns going to respond if, you know, if they have to work for it over the course of time? I think, you know, in that sense, the Bengals defense allows Baker Mayfield to drop back, get the ball out quickly and do some of those type of things, which I think is good. But the Bengals defense, not all that differently from the Browns defense last year, has some very good pieces but they're not done yet. Uh, they don't need near as much talent as the Browns did, but they're still a work in progress. So they can be up and down certain games, like against the Ravens. They can be fantastic. That was a great matchup for them uh, against the Browns. That's far less clear that they're going to be in a great situation. All right. And, you know, besides, Baker, and we usually go to this portion, you know, offense, defense, every time we do a pregame, Pete. Besides Baker, who probably is, you know, the spotlight player for the Browns offense this Sunday? Um, I think I think it may be Donovan Peoples-Jones simply because he's the guy who, as, soon, as long as he plays, he's the guy who uh, steps in for, for Beckham's spot. I think that's a big deal for the Browns and just sort of one, can he sort of reclaim that momentum he had? And if he can, then the Browns are potentially in really good shape. He's big, he's strong. He knows how to use his body better. He's starting to get better in terms of opening up uh, in terms of uh, how defenders are playing him. And if, you know, he goes out and has a couple nice catches or a productive game overall, then I think that's another thing that eases the burden of this team. I think, for all the things OBJ potentially could do, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, despite missing the last two games, the third leading receiver on this team, and he has shown he's got a lot of room to grow. So I think the best thing for the Browns would be for him to succeed uh, with these with these added opportunities. Uh, I mean, you know, and look, and I know people are going to say, oh, it's crazy, oh, it's nuts. But there really isn't much, you know, or it's I should say it's really not that crazy to believe that, you know, maybe, you know, there is could be a, you know, a baton passing here, you know, from Odell. And granted, look, Odell was not even close to the player he was with the New York Giants here ever. So it's really not that crazy to believe that, you know, you could pass the baton here. I mean, look, at worst, Donovan Peoples-Jones can certainly give you what Odell Beckham Jr. was giving you. Um, but maybe it's time now where he's younger, he's hungrier. Um, you know, and, you know, obviously looking, you know, to make his mark in this league where this, you know, you know, becomes, you know, a thing for Donovan Peoples-Jones and your three ride receiver sets of he, Landry and Rashard Higgins, certainly players Baker, you know, is, has a comfort level with, you know, maybe is it time to, you know, start working with Anthony Schwartz just a little bit, at least maybe just to get that element on the field, even if it's just a decoy, but, you know, there were times where he showed pretty well week one and, <clears throat> maybe some of that was luck, I guess, and it's fair to maybe say. Um, but, you know, time to start integrating everything. Part of it is, you know, you're kind of in an evaluation mode here on everything you have. Um, part of it is you absolutely need to win. So if there's an opportunity to be able to throw something here that has not been on film in any game through the first eight games, uh, go for it. Because uh, you certainly need to find a way to get out of Cincinnati on Sunday with the W we're going to flip it up here. We're going to go to the defensive side of the ball here. Uh, you know, talk some Bengals offense, talk some Bayou Bengals and Joe Burrow. Uh, 
Jamar Chase. We'll get to all that here as we continue through on your pregame Locked on Browns. This episode of Locked on Browns is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than a place to just get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of McFlurries, French fries, and whatever your favorite treat is. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping to on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. For me, look, I, you know, they may not be the healthiest thing in the world, but the McDonald's sausage McMuffin with egg, always a fantastic one. Um, you know, look, for everybody, McDonald's has always been there. You know, knock on wood. Sometimes the ice cream makers don't work. Uh, but come on, they've always been a part of everything, always part of everybody's neighborhood life. McDonald's, um, again, greatest place to refuel and reconnect. Uh, did someone say a Lockdown Browns watch party? Hmm. Interesting. Perhaps one day. Uh, McDonald's, thanks for everything. Curry serving community since 1965. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Flipping it over to the defensive side of the ball. And again, appreciate everybody for making Locked On Browns your first listen. Day in, day out, whatever your podcast platform is, always available, always free. Um, Defensive side of the ball here. Now, Pete, I, I don't think enough superlatives can be thrown to what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have done to this point. And anybody who might be a Bengals fan listening, my problem was never with selecting Jamar Chase, the player. I certainly felt you needed to invest more into protecting the franchise quarterback and Joe Burrow. We'll see, because this is certainly one of the weeks where, for me, Pete, and I know you, obviously, this is where if you've got to face Miles Garrett tw- two times a year, you better make sure your left tackle is not going to get your quarterback killed. Jonah Williams, really most extended playing time he's had, looking pretty good. There are other names brought in on this offensive line. It's got its ups. It's got its downs. But, you know, if you are playing in the AFC North right now, and it doesn't matter if the Browns are, you know, riding towards the top of the division, riding towards the bottom of the division, he's, as of right now, I can't believe if he wouldn't be. Um, You've got to deal with, you know, the player with the potential to be defensive player of the year in Miles Garrett. He is the key. He can absolutely destroy your day. Yeah, the, the Bengals have never had an answer from Miles Garrett ever. I mean, every time he's played, been in the league uh, since he's the been one week, I think it was 12 or 13 pressures. Like, I mean, we're talking yeah. double digits for God's sakes. Yeah, and there, there have been games where he's racked up like a dozen pressures and people were complaining he wasn't impactful enough. He has <laughs> mopped up with the Bengals and he's beaten the crap out of Jonah Williams on more than one occasion. Uh, at least in one game last year, Jonah Williams – uh, gave up two sacks to Garrett, um, and I think both of them. Yep. Yeah, I think in in one of those, it was chasing him all the way across the field. So, and I believe um, he had the hat trick on that because I believe he forced the fumble and recovered it. But go ahead. So Jonah Williams um, has had a bad habit of being sort of all or nothing, and when he misses, it's really really bad. Uh, so that's a challenge for them on that side, and then. They've got Riley Reef on the other side, who is certainly better than what they've had, but he's not a star either. He's well, fine. I mean, we're talking about being better than Bobby Hart, but go ahead. 
Yeah, and then so they're getting Tack McKinley back, which is is big, especially if the Browns can do their job uh, stopping the run, which I think is actually a bit, pretty reasonably big factor in this one. Uh, I think if they can limit Joe Mixon as much as possible, uh, then that's going to have a big impact because then they can uh, put pin their ears back and rush the passer. You know, Jadevian Clowney clearly labored last week. It'll be interesting to see how healthy he is. But having the ability to put those guys on the field is a big deal. Uh, the Malik's uh, McKinley and, and McDowell did not play particularly well last week. It would be nice if they stepped back up. Uh, Didn't Spain, get pushed around. Yeah, I mean, Quentin Spain's a pretty damn good left guard, uh, and he's huge. So that's a challenge. But the rest of their interior line is is big, but not very good. So that becomes an opportunity. And Joe Burrow to Joe Mick, uh, Joe, to Jamar Chase is phenomenal, but it only lasts as long as Joe Burrow is alive. And unless the Bengals can guarantee that, there's always sort of this hold your breath element. So, I mean, like Jamar Chase may end up with 1,800 yards this season. He could also easily be at 1,300 yards at some point. And then Joe Burrow goes out. And despite all the greatness that was Jamar Chase, if it's another serious injury to Burrow, then you're going to have questions about the uh, process with that. The, the, the Bengals have enough, plenty of weapons. The Browns, on the other hand, have a good amount of coverage options, and this becomes a great you know, Denzel Ward is probably going to be back, but having Greedy Williams, having Greg Newsom is great. If the safeties can step up, John Johnson has certainly been much, much better the last couple weeks. Uh, but if they can get some a better game out of better, just better play out of Ronnie Harrison and more consistency out of Grant Dell, but they're in really good shape as far as how they cover them. Now Joe Burrow's a terrific quarterback, so he's going to create problems in that regard. But the Browns match up really, really well, so it's an opportunity for them to again, you know, make a statement and play well again. They've given up a, a combined twenty nine points in the last eight quarters. Uh, and, you know, for all the Odell stuff, he doesn't play defense. So that part doesn't really affect them too much. They're just going to go out there and do their job. And if they can step up and have a great game, then it, it, it only makes the job of the Browns offense easier and contributes to a big part of potentially winning this game. It's an interesting group. And we're still talking about players like T. Higgins. We're still, still talking about a player like Tyler Boyd that you know, me and you always fancy about and always thought he was a really, really, really solid player. This was pre-Higgins. And this was obviously pre-Jamar <clears throat> Chase. Hell, even pre-Joe Burrow. I think there was a Jeff Driscoll outing where Jeff Driscoll and Tyler Boyd were just straight up getting it done. You throw in the tight end, and he's at times a pain in the ass. He's had uh, two separate two-touchdown games this year. And that's what happens when you've got all these wide receivers who can contribute. You start focusing your con, you know, your, you know, your coverage deep, your coverage to the outside, and you have a tight end just eating people over the middle. Um, a little bit more into the running game here, Pete. Now, you think it's being a factor this year? It really hasn't been much of a factor for them overall. Is this more of uh, maybe basically did it off of last week where they got pushed around and hoping that this is not going to be a trend going further for this defense? Well, look, the, the last several times these two teams have gotten together, Joe Mixon has played pretty well. Uh, so combined with that, with the lackluster performance they had last week, if they are able to run the game, run the ball against the Browns, 
and Joe Burrow is out there, then I think the Browns have a real problem. I think they need to be able to uh, control down in distance a little bit to be able to create obvious passing situations so they can rush the passer effectively. And if they can do that, that's where they have a big advantage. The The Bengals have lost to the Bears and the Jets, which are two teams that really get after the quarterback effectively. And for teams that can do that, uh, they have been able to stifle the Bengals' offense. Teams that haven't, including when the Pittsburgh Steelers were without J.J. Watt and the Bengals had their best game as a line and against the Ravens where they had, you know, inconsistent pressure. He was able to step up and and, and play really, really well. Uh, you get that glimpse of what the Bengals can be. Uh, so I think if the Browns and Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney and, and Tack McKinley and these guys can, can – can consistently create situations where they're allowed to get after the passer and cause problems, then I think that gives the Browns a decisive advantage and they can potentially cause a turnover or uh, just get them off the field in a way that's going to create more opportunities for the offense. So as much as, you know, I don't think the Bengals offensive line is great. um, They can run it behind Quentin Spain. And if you allow uh, Mixon to get going and he's able to be a little factor as a rush rusher as well as a pass receiver, then the Browns are on their heels, and they have a lot less control over what's going to happen in the game. Now, uh, love to do this one. Pete, where is the turd of this Bengals offensive line? And hopefully the, bang, uh, the uh, Browns can make some hay by, of course, exposing the turd. Well, it's the combination of their center and right guard. Trey Hopkins coming off the ACL from last year has not been healthy this year shows. And then I I don't even know what the status of Jackson Carmen is. Jackson Carmen has stunk and he's not, I don't know if he's, he's a guarantee to play in this game. So I don't have to back up to stink is, but that (laughs) becomes a really good option. Even if, if Jackson Carmen plays, they're big, but they're not very good. So that becomes an area where the Browns can potentially, you know, put pressure on Burrow if they want to send pressure in there in the form of blitzes. This is, you know, this is a game where you, you wish you had JOK to be able to do that. But if they want to use safeties or or linebackers or whatever, they can potentially create problems for them in, on the inside. Their tackles are okay as pass protectors, but they're not great. So if in basically create an uncomfortable situation for Burrow. He won't have a lot of options on where to go. And just double checking here, Jackson, Jackson Carmen, a full participant today, Trey, Hap, Trey Hopkins limited, but you know, I know Trey Hopkins coming off the surgery. This has kind of been the case. He kind of is on currently the uh, JC Treader plan, so to speak, as far as, you know, making sure he's ready for Sunday. And, you know, we're not too concerned about, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, last one here on the defensive side of the ball here, Pete. Browns defensive key for a victory Sunday in Cincinnati is. Well, I think if they, if they stop Joe Mixon and create obvious passing situations, they, they will be in extremely good shape. The more opportunities that miles Garrett, Jadevian Clowney, Tack McKinley are able to uh, attack the quarterback without having to think about anything else, the better their chances are, uh, Malik Jackson 
played for the Eagles last year. He had four pressures against the Bengals in that game. So hopefully this is a, a, a welcome opportunity for him. But yeah, if they can take away the running game, make the Bengals one one dimensional, I think the Browns are going to be in really, really good shape. I, I still assume the Bengals will make their their share of plays, but I'm curious to see how Greg Newsom steps up to this challenge. If he's the guy going up against Chase, uh, if he is, I uh, you know I I think he can do it. I'm, I'm not going to say they shouldn't give him some help, but he's been really really good in terms of just the the amount of things he can do pretty well. And it makes it really difficult to sort of uh, find a, an easy way to beat him. Yes, he will give up some receptions. Usually, they require these phenomenal throws where they're right in the right in the bucket over him or something. But I, I think the Browns are are uniquely equipped to give the Bengals problems. And we're going to get to this here in this final segment, and you know you're going to learn a lot about this team. You know, some adversity this week. Certainly, you know, adversity that this regime is not seen now in a season and a half, you know, in 20 months of, you know, being at, you know, um, the positions they are in leading this team, um, you know, last year, you know, other than, you know, some COVID things, some injury things, they didn't really have to deal certainly with anything close to what they've been dealing with this week. We're going to get to that here in just a second. Some final thoughts, some predictions for Sunday in the natty as your four and four Browns go in there in a big, big spot, desperately, desperately needing, a win. Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Bilt Bars are only around 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Bilt Bar. Or go for a raspberry Bilt Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Bilt Bar is a great option for when you are hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Bilt Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. We are back in better than ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, you know, Pete, through pressers this week, and obviously player availability, you're hearing 
what you want. And, you know, everybody, look, you take too much out of this stuff at times. Nobody's going to get up there and bash anybody in this spot. Nobody's going to say anything bad about the quarterback. They're certainly not going to say anything about Odell. You know, hey, he's a great teammate. If he comes back into the locker room, you know, hey, we're all going to welcome with open arms. Don't read too much into any of that stuff. It's what you're supposed to say. It's what you're you know, basically coached to say. It's what you're asked for by your organization to say. How about, you know, simple of please don't make an awkward situation where it already is any more worse than it is. But this is the biggest test of adversity here this week that this team, as it's currently constructed, you know, from the top to the coaching staff to the roster, they've not been through a situation like this. And look, knock on wood uh, for the Browns, you'd rather certainly a situation like this than God, you know, what the Las Vegas Raiders are having to go through, you know, in everything that's, you know, gone on obviously the last couple of weeks and certainly this week, you know, where it's very, very difficult to navigate a week, you know, knowing what's going on, but Pete, this is it. I mean, this is, it's, and it's a big thing, you know, look, you had to draw a line with a player because it wasn't working and it's, it's not enough that it wasn't working. It's enough that it wasn't working to the point where it got ugly and basically a line was drawn and sides had to be taken Whatever. I mean, all of that stuff is what it is, but here it is, you know, and look, we're well over 48 hours now, Pete, by the time this is going to be released of talking about Baker versus Odell, da, 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 Odell, Odell's father on social media. Blah, 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 blah. This is an important game. And the Browns have had a lot to deal with a lot of other crap than just trying to beat a team that's got the potential to hang 35 any week against anybody. Yeah, look, I, I think this actually works for the Browns in a weird way just because I'm getting that feeling too, but I don't want to get myself too geeked up here on a Thursday night, but go ahead. Well, I just – I think the, the makeup of this team is okay for this. And the only thing I can use to go back to is going into that Steeler game and the adversity they had to play in that playoff game, missing Joe Batonio, missing your head coach. And somehow with more put on the shoulders, it was able to be more about, I got you, you got me, everybody do what they got to do. Let's go get this done on too. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing I keep hoping the Browns are going to stop doing is pressing. Um, I think the Browns have gotten into this spiral where certain players, including Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and some players like Denzel Ward on defense were trying so hard be be, I don't even know if it's perfect. I think when things go bad, I think they tended to do too much and try to make hero plays. And I think you saw that with Baker Mayfield against Arizona, where he got himself hurt uh, again. again. <laughs> I think you heard that. I think you saw that a little bit with Jarvis Landry against the Steelers when, you know, a team he normally ha- has done really, really well against in his time here. And I think when the Browns get into this thing that they, they like, you know, expect them, expect themselves to be good. And when they aren't, they press really hard. And I think that's why you see sort of this joyless element on, on, especially on the offensive side of the ball, because they're so pressed, so, you know, frustrated and angry with themselves that they aren't doing what they're supposed to do, that it's, it's leaving that joyless feeling. And I'm hoping the Browns sort of just, let go and let it come to them and play a little bit more loose. And I'm wondering if 
this whole situation allows that to happen a little bit, that they just sort of take a deep breath uh, and realize that it's not about um, individual accomplishments or even just trying to be the hero, that they just got to get on the same page and have 11 guys all doing the same thing. I don't think that happens because Odell is gone as opposed to somebody else. I just think the whole situation in, uh, I, I think Odell's situation is a matter of it's a, uh, a, an opportunity that didn't work. Um, I don't think it's a massive disappointment. I think the Browns are far more disappointed just being four and four than they are with the Odell situation. I think that and this focus on them, from the outside may hopefully allow them and particularly Kevin Stefanski to get them focused on what needs to happen in a team that the Browns have beaten uh, both times last year have had success with um, that. They can sort of just be comfortable, feel confident and execute in a way that allows them to go out and get a victory and sort of move on from there. And, and as weird as I felt as it got closer to that Steeler game last year, I, I think you have enough guys here that have enough wherewithal mental toughness to just block it out. And, you know, and I don't disagree 100% because even with, it almost seems like, and you know, this you know, adage has been around for sports, you know, forever. It's, you know, you miss one play. So you come back on the next play and try to make two plays in one. It doesn't work that way. You know, I mean, look, everybody's going to lose on a play. Everybody's going to have a bad play. Everybody's going to have a mistake, a miscue. And you got to understand that you can't, you know, just get it back on one play. If it's seven plays and, you know, you had a bad one here, string together five, six successful ones in a row. And they certainly need to do that as a unit on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. And look, there's no denying the fact that, you know, Baker Mayfield, you know, regardless of whether Odell's going to be out there or not, look, we can't predict the future. We can't just assume that he's going to back, go back and, you know, be as, dominant as he was from week seven on last year. He's not going to be as clear and concise with his decision-making, getting back on his drop and just firing like he was as a rookie coming out of the gate in 2018. And we also don't know if, you know, and this may also be a test here of, you know, where is he at truly with the injury? Now, look, you've cleared the noise a little bit for him, it, it looks like where you know it's less and you're putting him in a situation where he's functioned much better with the talent around him. So we'll see if that does translate over to Sunday in Cincinnati. Um, it's going to start with him because I think if Cincinnati took away anything from the Pittsburgh tape, it's going to be, you know, if you're going to beat us running the ball, you're going to have to run through all of 11 of us, you know, as close to the line of scrimmage as possible. So you're certainly going to have to call off the dogs by throwing the ball around a little bit. Um, you know, he's been more comfortable throwing it deep to, you know, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. There's, you know, certainly been some shot plays for Rashard Higgins in the past where they've been successful. And, you know, we'll go that route. End of the day, Pete, we fire this thing up here, you know, 415, 420, 430 Sunday. Cleveland Browns walking out of Cincinnati with a W? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I picked the Browns to win every game but the Chiefs. But, you know, this is the thing. They're good. And believe it or not, that almost backfired. <laughs> yeah, the Browns are good enough to beat everybody they're playing. Um, they're also bad. They can also be bad enough to lose to all of them. But the Browns have a ton of talent. And, you know, I, I think they have more than enough time to sort of get through this, get back on track and sort of 
make this sort of a forgotten bad moment, you know, the first half of the season and they can sort of get rolling. I'm hoping that, you know, because Baker Mayfield didn't take hits uh, last week that he's healthier in terms of the, not the, the labor is obviously not going to heal, but just in terms of the sort of muscles around it and securing that area. But for whatever reason, uh, I do think the Browns are going to go in. I, I do think the Browns are going to, I, I, I don't think it's sort of an everybody. I don't think it's us against the world mentality, but I do think there's sort of a little bit of a freedom to go on the road and just sort of, you know, go after it, uh, you know, not play afraid, not play scared, not play any of that, just go out super confident, hopefully, and just rip it and go. And I think if they do that, then they're going to be, they're going to be successful because on talent, they're simply better than the Bengals. And ultimately uh, I think Kevin Stefanski is a far better coach than Zach Taylor. Um, I think Baker Mayfield can certainly play well, even if he's not playing near the level Joe Burrow is right now. But so that's where I'm at is the Browns just have more talent, better coaching. And I think they have every reason to, to, to go out and be able to prove it this week and come back five and four, and then, you know, leave everybody confused on what to think about this team one more week. Oh, of course. But there's no question about that. And I, I didn't believe it or not. I actually didn't give enough credence to the thought of, you know, the fact that, and God bless them that this is an away game this week, because, you know, Obviously, with the division where it's at right now, obviously between social media, it would have been no different in the crowd. And obviously, any incompletion Odell threw, well, Odell, da 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 da, and Cincinnati, where it's certainly you know out of all the places the Browns go to play on the road, it's just not really that type of environment in Cincinnati. We'll see if it gets better as this team looks like it's on the rise, but maybe even be on the road, even though it's you know what two hours, three hours away, um, probably certainly you know behooves the Browns four. Four hours. Four, sir? Yeah. Yeah, it's four, four hours. Four hours trip to Kentucky. On, on I-71 down down the uh down that way. Yeah, and just don't eat any skyline chili where there, any of that stuff or any of that. No, I, I won't. And, uh, and so just four. like you won't be ever you know, ever manning up and take on the challenge you 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 said you were gonna do in an hour uh on March thirtieth of last year, and here we are almost to twenty twenty two, uh and you still haven't done it. Go. They they they're sponsoring you, and you're a coward. Now this is where this is actually funny. Um, now obviously everybody knows that Pete and I have had this you know this McDonald's thing going on for a while. So when you know this came through, and it was funny because you know it just started with Pete this week. The way the ads broke, and I was just it was because it, it was funny as everybody knows. You know Pete will probably be on more, but you know we try to do everything we can to accommodate his high school schedule. And obviously now that there's podcasts coming out through SI and I was just like, Oh, it's going to come. Eventually it's going to come where the ad schedule matches up and it's going to be an episode with Pete. And obviously you got it this week and you know where Pete's going to go. Yeah. Pete is like a dog with a bone. He is never going to let that son of a bitch go. One of the reasons why I love him. Like I do. Um, we'll see. You know what? If we're ever going to do it, we got to have some fun with it. And if we're going to have some oh, fun with it, it we got to go somewhere maybe. And- as you failed Miserably. We're live streamed and, you know, and no, but I mean, maybe we get some people to wager on it, find a way to throw some money to a food bank in the Cleveland area. If we're going to do it, we got to really have some fun with it. I mean, if the point where I'm going to end up regurgitating, most likely we certainly got to have some fun with it. And maybe hopefully we can help some people do some, you know, some nice things. So I tell you what, anybody listen, got any ideas, you know, flood Twitter tomorrow with me. Hit me up with some DMs when you 
obviously listen to the episode. We'll go from, from there. Um, but make no mistake about it. Uh, the Browns have to be back to business this week. Um, this nonsense and noise and BS that's gone on here has to subside. This team has to go play a game Sunday. It's a very, very important game against a team that is certainly capable of winning this game. They have enough talent, too. It doesn't mean that the Browns are better. Um, if the Browns can't play to the capabilities, it could be a long day. The Browns need this one bad. A number one, to call off the dogs, call off the media hounds, make this Odell-Baker conversation just go too straight to bed. Um, otherwise, it's only going to get worse. And the Browns have created a huge, huge hole for themselves. And where they would maybe be need in desperately need of a buy, it ain't coming for a while. So, you know, huge. There's no way around it. Huge, huge game this Sunday in Cincinnati. Browns, Bengals. He is Pete Smith. Browns Digest, sportsillustrated.com. Uh, make sure you're checking everything out. Pete and the team, just pumping it out. Um, this week, certainly you get a lot more coverage of you know, things that maybe didn't necessarily don't have to deal with X's and O's. I mean, it's part of the gig. It's what we do. Uh, the podcast, uh, for Pete's sake, Pete and Nicole just continue to crush it. Um, loving it. And I, I, I think I've seen, you're starting to see that Nicole is starting to love this more and more and sitting down and doing the show because you get more energy, more pop out of her as each week goes on. So it's always fun to listen to. Um, if so, if it's not part of your rotation, make sure it is. Um, appreciate everybody for making Lockdown Browns your first listen. Again, whatever podcast platform you use, um, day in, day out, Lockdown Browns, always available, always free. Me personally, Jeff, uh, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. And with that, folks, Browns, Bengals, Sunday, 1 o'clock in Cincinnati. Browns in desperate need of a win. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.